Welcome to the Potter's House North podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to talk to you and I want to minister uh, from the subject of being aware of the blind spots. There is nothing like those blind spots. My One of my grandchildren is uh, learning how to drive and I asked her mom the other day, I said, have you told her about blind spots? Uh, because those blind spots you need to tell her about that because they are exactly what they say. They're blind spots. Some people have really fancy cars and if you start to even move in the other lane, the light will flash or you'll feel a vibration in your seat that says, hey, there's a blind spot. But you know what? It's not always that clear. And as we mature in God, we need to be able to have a defense against anything that would stop us from growing and be all that God wants us to be. So today, that's what we're going to talk about. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for um, the sanctuary. I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you for what you're doing in our world. I thank you that uh, for many people, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I thank you just for continuing to be God and to keep us and to give us wisdom and insight and direction. And thank you, Lord, for not just America, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, but I pray for the nations of the world, that those who feel like they're still in a pandemic and there is no end in sight, I pray, God, that you will give them hope today. I pray that you'll give them peace, and I pray, God, that you will see after their needs just like you are seeing after ours. You are faithful, you are kind, you are loving, and you've been an, an amazing God. And we thank you for that. Now bless your word, bless me to speak it, and bless your people to hear it in clarity. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So it's, it's been a year that we have been coming online into your home. Uh, but it's also this past week we celebrate, I don't want to say celebrate it. I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about the last uh, year of our lives, but it was the anniversary of uh, the pandemic. One year ago, uh, people began using phrases that many of us had never heard of or never even thought about using, um, but our world just kind of flipped upside down. We heard things like, uh, we have to flatten the curve. For many days, we heard that. We heard uh, social distancing. I, we didn't even think about such a thing until a year ago. Uh, we heard orders that came that said shelter in place. Uh, all of a sudden, we became aware of N95 masks. I don't know that I was really so much aware of them before, but I am aware of them now, and I want to continue to encourage you to wear your masks uh, when you go out until you hear an all clear. Um, and I, I'd rather us be safe than sorry. But uh, we begin hearing things like quarantine. What do you mean? What do you mean? I got a quarantine for 14 days. We heard uh, things like Zoom calls. They became, I didn't know what a Zoom call was this time a year ago, uh, but that's what we ended up having so many meetings uh, on our Zoom calls. I began to hear things about PPE, personal protection equipment, and the shortages that we were having uh, because of what all was happening in this pandemic. All of a sudden, state uh, officials, they began to start counting uh, available hospital beds, and they started counting uh, ventilators. And uh, things, those kind of things you just don't necessarily, or you didn't pre-pandemic days, you didn't necessarily think about that. You, you just thought, well, if I get sick and I need to be in the hospital, there probably will be a bed for me. But in this pandemic, all of a sudden, things like ICU beds became, um, you know, they, they began to dwindle down and people just didn't know if there were going to uh, be beds available if they get which uh, should get sick we started hearing things like body bags and we started hearing things like hus uh, a funeral home saying we have we, ha we are full to capacity. We watched as they brought in tractor trailers and turned those uh, tractor trailers into um, 
makeshift morgues because there were so many deaths that were happening. Family members were being kept away uh, from their loved ones. They couldn't go into the hospitals with them. And, and as a result, many of them uh, had to die in the hands of strangers. And that was, that's been so difficult. And um, we just have to trust the grace of God as he begins to, to help us begin to really process what all this year has taken us through. Uh, we, we, many of you have had, had to let loved ones off at the door. And for many people, that was the last time that they saw them. There was no final kisses. There was no final goodbyes. There was no, not even a funeral because uh, of so much going on. You couldn't even have a normal uh, funeral. And many people, many families struggled with that multiple times. Multiple members of their family um, passed away because of this pandemic. And in the middle of all of this, as if that was not enough, uh, political division began to intensify in America. Racial and economical um, uh, inequities, they began to widen and trust in our our police, our policemen and our, 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 um, our, 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 those who were there, were there to protect us. All of a sudden that became eroded uh, when we woke up one day and we turned on the TV and George Floyd was laying on the floor, on the ground with a knee in his neck. And so it, it has been a year if you just really stopped to think about all of the changes. Children had to come out of school. They had to do virtual learning. And uh, because of that, many of, of the children were left food insecure because many of them counted on what they would eat uh, at, 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 uh, at their school uh, for lunch or for breakfast. And so now they are food insecure. The world just shut down. There were no sports. There was no uh, family functions. There was no gathering together. There was no birthday parties. There was no uh, uh, no uh, weddings. There was no graduations. There was no church that you could just go to. And even if I could have just slipped in the back door and sat on the back row, you ain't even. I didn't even have to have a seat on the front row. Just I wanted to be in the church. Well, there was no nowhere to do that. There was no. Uh, hand sanitizer. There, there were no disinfectants uh, that you could use to, to to kill germs. There were no paper towels. There was no toilet paper, and uh, even the food supply chain uh, became uh, unrattled. It, it became it, it ran into trouble. People from all around the world were getting sick, and there was very little that we could do to help. Uh, because as it, as it first happened, there were, there were not enough tests. There were no tests. There was no treatments. What, what, what cow can we treat this? What can we, what can we use? Uh, um, there was no vaccines. And, and then all of a sudden now there's some testing. We got some testing. We don't have enough testing. I don't know how many times we heard that. Uh, we've got some treatments and we're not sure all who, who qualified for those treatments, but Oh, it's it's been a year, and 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 now there are some vaccines, but where do you find them? You could stay online all night long, and 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 think that you're going to get one, and you find out that it you can't get it, or maybe maybe I don't even want it. Okay, I don't. I'm I'm, I'm I just don't want it. I don't I don't want it. And throughout all all of that, there is this crazy spread of disinformation, you know, disinformation. There's the spread of lies that are happening. There's the, there is uh, untruth that is all over social media. It's all over the, the World Wide Web. Who do we believe now and who do we trust? Who's telling us the truth? And uh, I looked up the word disinformation and what it actually means. It means false information, which is intended, intended to mislead a especially uh, propaganda, propaganda issued by a government. Now, we're not blaming all the, 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 the mistrust and the, all of that stuff on the government, but the government sure uh, had its share 
uh, you might have even, and I might have even uh, put out some things that were not exactly true because this is what we do. We think that when we go to Google and we Google whatever we're looking for, we think that Google gives us the truth. Uh, Google is a search engine, okay? It is not a truth engine. It is just a search engine. And so uh, one way or another, some people intended to spread wrong information. Other people uh, may have ignorantly spread wrong information. We, uh, we were just, most of us were just, I just want to know the truth. And I was listening to our president speak the other night and he said that he was, uh, when he was campaigning, that he went to this small business owner. Uh, I don't remember exactly where he said she was uh, at, but he went to her business and, she, and he said to her, what can I, what can I do for you? And she said, just tell me the truth. That's all I want. I want is the truth. And one of the battles that I have clearly defined and identified out of the last 12 months has been a battle of facts versus disinformation. Uh, and, and we need to make no mistake about it. We have been in a war on truth. I said we have been in a war on truth. Disinformation has become a weapon that many people have used to sow uh, insecurities and wrong information uh, among us to keep us living in fear or to maneuver or to manipulate us in a way that, that they have wanted us to go. And listen, uh, it, it gets crazy after a while because if every basic fact every basic fact is disputed or it is called into doubt, then we soon become able uh, to make informed decisions because we don't even know what the truth is in order to make the proper decision. So in 2020, uh, truth, uh, I found was hard to come by. Honest to goodness, truth, it was, it, it was an endangered species. It was a priceless commodity. And, 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 uh, it, it, I will admit like that lady who had the small business, it left me on many occasions saying, God, what is going on? Just somebody tell me the truth. I was brought up in the era that, that we were told, thou shalt not lie. And when, uh, uh, when even the slightest lie would come out of your mouth, they'd call it a white lie or whatever, uh, but it would still make you, make you nervous because you knew that the Bible said that you were not to lie. But today people lie, I mean, at the drop of a hat. People will just lie. And, and, and the problem with that is, is that we no longer value truth in America. It's, it, it's caused us to be a people that no longer put any value on what is truth. Instead, we value what is convenient. We value what is easy. We value what works for us and our agenda. So if it's easy and if it works for me, uh, then I don't care if it's true or not. I gotta do what I gotta do because I do have an agenda that I have got to push and I might have to manipulate this one or we might have to manipulate that one, but we have to get our agenda across. And if we do it long enough and if we say it loud enough and if we twist it hard, enough and we get enough people to uh, believe that lie, then they will be damned and or they will be disillusioned to that which is true. In other words, they will become cynical to truth. They will become skeptical of truth or they will become hostile to the absolute truth. And this is precisely where the enemy wants us to be because the Bible tells us in John chapter 8 that you shall know the truth and it is the truth that will make you free. So the enemy wants nothing more for us than to be deceived and to not know truth because if we don't know truth, then we will be bound and we will not be free. Now, it is one thing to be deceived by other people and what they do to you, but it is a complete different story for us to be deceived because of ourselves. And when we become good at self-deception, the devil's job is nearly done because self-deception is the devil's babysitter free of charge because the devil doesn't have to be deceiving you all day long if he can get you to self-deceive, if he can get you to deceive yourself. And so James talks to us in the book of James, he talks to us 
about self-deception. He says that he talks, there are at, at least three times where he says, uh, he warns us of self-deception. He also warns us of trusting in our own fallible uh, human way of thinking. And 600 years before James ever uh, gave us that book, God told the same thing to Jeremiah in 17 and 9. For he said to him, and I'm reading um, from the God's Word translate, translation, he says, the human mind is the most deceitful of all things. It is incurable, and no one can understand how deceitful that it is. Now, the human mind is the most deceitful of all things. It is incurable, and no one can really understand how deceitful that it is. I have a mind, you have a mind, and, and yet God, it's kind of shocking to me that God is saying, to hear God say that about our mind. However, the fact is, what we tell ourselves, you, you have to admit it, uh, what we tell ourselves is not always true. We don't always tell ourselves the truth. What we feel is not always true, okay? Uh, thoughts and feelings can often uh, be created by a whole lot of uh, untrustworthy words that have been swarming in our head or things that we've seen or heard and those thoughts begin to, to just swarm in our head and so we start believing them because we're not the watchman on the wall that is watching and guarding over our mind. And so, uh, so many times we end up lying to ourselves and the truth really is that we lie to ourselves more than we lie to anybody else. We tell our th ourselves things, uh, 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 things are really not um, as bad as we think they are. It's really not as bad as you think it is. Or then we flip it the, around the other way and we tell ourselves that, oh, things are better uh, than, than you really think that they are. And so uh, we're, 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 we're not the best judge of ourselves. That's, I think that's what I'm trying to say to you. Our minds get filled with, with all kinds of biases and, they, and they're also, uh, those biases come from the many life experiences that that we have all been through. And in spite of what Jeremiah says uh, there, the culture uh, today is exactly the opposite. The culture today is exactly the opposite of what God is saying in Jeremiah. The culture today says, when you want to know the right thing to do, look within yourself. Just look within yourself. And that sounds really spiritual and really, uh, really deep and all of that. Uh, it, it, the culture today says, trust, trust what you, trust what you feel. Trust the force that is at work inside of you. Do, do whatever makes you feel best. Follow your instincts. Trust your gut. Uh, if it feels good, then do it. The problem with all of that worldly advice is that it doesn't work, okay? It does not work. The truth is you don't have all the knowledge uh, inside of you that exists. Your brain can only hold a small fraction of the knowledge that is even available to you. And the knowledge that we do have, it gets distorted by all of our life's experiences. And uh, it gets distorted also not just by our life's experiences, but it gets distorted by our emotional needs. It gets distorted by our relational conflicts. It gets distorted um, even by our blood sugar level. If your blood sugar level hits a certain spot, then it can mess up your thinking and you're not even thinking correctly, but you think you're thinking correctly. And I mean, there are a thousand other factors that, that, that we are up against, including the fact that all of us are, all of us have a brain that has been broken by sin. Yes, God created it, but it has been broken by sin. So James talks to us uh, about self-deception and he talks to us uh, about how easy it is for us to fool ourselves with our own rationalizations. To rationalize is just simply to tell yourself 
rational lies. That's what rational lies is. We tell ourselves rational lies and we tell ourselves rational lies all the time. For example, when I know in my heart that doing something is wrong, but I convince myself that uh, it's really not that wrong, then that is me rationalizing things. And, and, and what I've done is I've just told myself an ir irrational lie. This is a battle and it goes on all the time. So I want to take the next few moments and I want to point out what I call some blind spots that can help us that come straight out of the scripture because all of us find ourselves telling ourselves things that are not true. And how many of you know that if the enemy can defeat you in your mind he can defeat you in your life that's why we have to have it we need to be new creatures in Christ Jesus and our mind needs to be renewed so I'm going to give you a few examples and I'm going to show you a few ways that we actually can are, are so easily susceptible to deceiving ourselves. And, and I'm going to show you what the Bible says about that. Are you ready? Let's go Bible. That's what my friend John Hanna would say right now. Let's go. Let's go Bible. So the first thing that we, the first question that we have to ask ourselves is why is it important that we tell ourselves the truth all the time? Why is it important that we tell ourselves the truth uh, even though sometimes the truth may be painful? It might hurt you to tell yourself the truth, but it is it is of the utmost importance that we speak the truth to ourselves. Uh, well, and I would say that a, that a good answer to that is simply what the Bible says. You shall know the truth. I just said this a few moments ago. And the truth shall make you free. So if you don't know the truth, then you're not going to be free. And he came so that you could have freedom today. I know this ain't the 4th of July, but I'm going to tell you, he came for you to have freedom. But in order to have real freedom, you have to understand truth. Truth is what solves the problem. Acting on truth also uh, is what brings us the peace that we need. It brings us the joy. It brings us uh, the, the happiness. It brings us relief from the pain that is tormenting us. And so the more that we stop listening to those self thoughts and those feelings that are not true, the happier, the healthier, and, and uh, the more whole than we, that we are going to be as individuals. So let's look at just a few of these things today. Uh, and I believe that, that they're going to help us get out of these, these places that we have found ourselves trapped in uh, listening to, to, to truths or listening to false words that are not true. And I believe that this is going to help us. Here, here's right this down like this. Um, I deceive myself, and here's number one. I deceive myself when I think that I've earned or that I deserve all that I have. I have deceived myself when I think I have earned or deserved all that I have. James 1 and 16 says this, so don't be misled, my brothers and my sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift that comes down from God, our Father. You know, today, everybody seems to be, uh, seems to want to be uh, that, uh, and we seem to celebrate um, and admire and even idolize those people who are like self-made. You are a self-made man. You are a self-made woman. People idolize that, and people try to become like that, but the truth of the matter is there is none of us that are self-made. Did you, I'm going to ask you today, did you make your own? eyes to see? Did you make your own ears to hear? Did you make your own lungs so that uh, uh, you could breathe today? Who gave us the brain that, that caused us to think up uh, all of these good plans, these good business plans and these good marketing plans? Who gave you uh, the brain to think about that? Uh, can I just be honest with you today and tell you we would have nothing if it had not been for the 
Lord that was on our side. Everything you got, everything you've ever had, everything you ever will have came from the Father above. It came from Him. And, and there is no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. What do we do? What we do is we see what we've got and we work with it to the best of our ability. And when all is said and done, we say, God, here it is. And I give you the glory for it. Whatever you've enabled me to accomplish, I give you the glory for that. Because I'm going to tell you, at the end of the day, it is his glory. Because we could have been born at another time. We could have been born in a different season. We could have been born to different parents. We could have been born and had different talents and different skills and different uh, gifts and different abilities than what we have. So when it's all said and done, we have to say, God, I thank you that you have blessed me like you have blessed me. And can I tell you, he wants to bless us and he wants us to succeed. He wants us to win and he wants us to maximize all that he has given us. But he also wants us to be grateful and to recognize that every good and perfect gift has come from him. And when you think that you have arrived and you got there by yourself, then that is what the Bible is talking about when it says you have deceived yourself. The, there was a, a, a king in Assyria that God allowed uh, to defeat Israel. One time, God allowed him to defeat Israel because Israel had turned away from God and God has a way of getting your attention one way or another. So when the king uh, from Assyria defeated Israel, this king got so boastful and he got so proud and he got so arrogant uh, that God said in Isaiah 10 and 12, he said, I will punish the king of Assyria for the fruit of his arrogant heart and the boastful look in his eyes for he says by the strength of my own hand have I done this and my wisdom uh, for uh, for I am a I am clever and I have removed the boundaries of nations and I plundered their treasures and like a mighty one I sub subdued their rulers and God quickly says no you did not I don't I don't know who you who you think you are you didn't do all that none of that would have ever happened had I not allowed it to happen. I allowed that to happen in your life. So whenever I think that my success is caused by me, I am in big trouble. Why? Because I have deceived myself. That's the first point. The second point, I deceive myself when I think that hearing God's word means that I have obeyed God's word. You're deceived if you think that just hearing the word of God on Sunday morning is you doing the word of God. Anytime uh, we attend church, whether it's online or in person, and, and anytime we participate in the worship and we listen to the speaker, and uh, we can even go so far as to take notes, uh, anytime you do all that stuff and, and, and you th if you think that that means that you uh, have obeyed God's word just simply because you hurt God's word, then you are deceived. This is, this is a very big deception in the life of many people who are believers. They think if I just, if I just get up and open the Bible and, and just say amen to whoever's preaching, then that makes me uh, a doer of the word. Absolutely not. So James talks about it in chapter one, verse 21 and 22. Here's what he said. So, this is why we abandon everything morally and impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature. For the word of life has power to continually deliver us. Just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. No, it didn't say, listen. He said, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it, for that is the essence of self-deception. So 
always, he says, let his word become like poetry that has been written and fulfilled by your life. If you just listen today and you don't do anything with what you have heard, then the Bible tells us that we are deceived. I love what the, how the NCV version says it. It says, when you only listen to God's word and you do nothing about it, you're just fooling yourself. You are just fooling yourself. Well, why is that, Pastor? Well, I tell you it's that because there was a study that was done in the Air Force, uh, American uh, uh, Air, uh, United States Air Force, that discovered when you only listen to somebody talk and you never write anything down, if all you're doing is sitting and listening, then within 72 hours, you are going to forget 90 to 95% of everything I am saying to you. So if you're not involved in the process, if you're not writing something, then a in a couple days, you're not even going to remember. If I asked you right now what I preached last Sunday, you wouldn't be, or, or what Pastor Travis preached last Sunday, you wouldn't be able to tell me unless you had become involved in it. So James is saying to us, do what it takes to retain the word. God, help us to be able to retain. We have heard so much great word, but how much of it do we actually retain? And the way we're going to do the word is that we have to first retain the word. Jesus said in John 13 and 17, now that you know, so now that you have retained these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Please notice this right here in this verse. The blessing from the Bible, it doesn't come uh, from simply knowing the Bible. It doesn't come from just the, the kind of blessing that we're all asking for and believing for uh, and, and that we're holding on for. That blessing doesn't come just because you hear the word. It doesn't come just because you know the word. Well, I know the word. You can know it all day long. That kind of blessing that I'm talking about only comes from doing what the Bible tells us to do. It doesn't make, it, it doesn't make us spiritually mature just because it, it, it don't make a, people come up to me all the time and they say, I remember when you preached about so-and-so. I remember when you preached about Hannah and, and, and how they thought she was drunk. I remember this when you preached about Mary and the, I remember, let me tell you something. I'm, I'm glad you remember and I remember it. And I, I'm grateful that we connected there. But at the end of the day, that does not make you more mature. It doesn't make you more spiritual because you remember a message. You are mature when you in, in, integrate what you heard into your daily lifestyle. That's when you know you are growing in the kingdom. You got that? That's how you know you are growing in the kingdom. When the word starts working mightily inside of you, it's not just what you hear, but it comes out in your conversation. It comes out in your decision-making processes. It comes out in the way that you treat people. You might see somebody and treat them horrible, and yet you want to walk into the church, or you want to tell people, oh, I'm the deacon. I am the mother. I am the minister. I am all that. But you can be mean to other people. No, you don't. You just know the word. You have not allowed the word to work mightily inside of you. And that's how we change our life. That's how we change other people's lives. When we do the word and not just hear the word. I deceive myself. Number three, when I think I'm mature, but I don't control my mouth. Ooh. Somebody said, well, you show me the scripture for that. James 1 and 26. If you think that you are religious, somebody saying, man, pastor, coming out. she's coming after us today. I'm not really, but I am really uh, because I want us to make sure that we are growing. I don't want us to be children tossed to and fro by every pandemic. I mean, by every wind of doctrine. I mean, by every storm. I mean, by every situation. Listen, at some point, you ought to have some roots in God that says, okay, I see this. I've been through stuff like this, and the same God that brought me through that is going to bring me through this. I know in whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that that God is able. And I, so I want us to grow in... I want us to grow in God. Uh, James 1 and 26 says this. If you think you are religious, 
but you do not control your tongue, then your religious, your religion is worthless and you deceive yourself. So you can think all day long that you are spiritual, that you have titles, that you're mature, that oh, I'm a disciple of Christ but your mouth reveals your ministry. I said your mouth reveals your ministry. It's just like when you go to the doctor, what does the doctor ask you to do? Stick your tongue out. You know why? Because he judges your, men, your, your physical health based on your tongue. Can I tell you that God judges our spiritual health based on our tongue as well? James 1 and 26 in the Message Bible says it like this. Anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. And this kind of religion is hot air. So our tongue gives away the true level of our spirituality. And so we have to know that. We have to know that the acid test of our spirituality is what comes out of our mouth. So you can say you're mature, but if you don't watch, yes, I'm talking to you and to you and I'm talking to me. If we don't watch what comes out of our mouth, then that goes to tell you where we are on the maturity scale. That's important. I, number four, I deceive myself when I just assume that my viewpoint is what God's viewpoint is. Ooh, that's good. I said, I deceive myself when I just assume that my viewpoint is what God's viewpoint is. When I assume that my opinion when I assume that my spiritual viewpoint, when I assume that my theological viewpoint, when I assume that my, here's a big one, political viewpoint is the same as God's viewpoint, I am wrong. Yes, I did, I just said that. Have you ever, have you ever met anybody, probably never met anybody who thinks that they are right just all the time. They always think they are right. Have you ever met anybody? Of course you have. You are the one I'm talking about. Okay. So we, we just always think that our view is right. And, and many of the times it may be, but it's not always right. And when we begin believing that God thinks like we think, uh, when we begin to, to believe that God's, uh, uh, God thinks like we think and, and, and spiritually, when we're thinking spiritually, financially, God thinks like this, uh, politically, God thinks like this, then I'm going to tell you something. We have stepped into a danger, dangerous territory because we end up being deceived. And listen, that's where a lot of good Church people, God-loving people have been in 2020 uh, uh, and, and now even on into 2021. I've, li I've listened to so many of them uh, in the middle of the global pandemic, in the middle of social instability, in the middle of uh, racial inequality. And as Christians, they just start talking and acting as if God is a member of their political party. Yes, sir, God is a member of my political party. And I will not bow and I will not bend because I'm standing up for what God is standing up for because we are both in the same in the same party and, and I'm going to tell you that is not true I don't care who you are that is not true God hated uh, he, he, he hates uh, uh, when people uh, when people treat other people different than he would treat them simply because he think, they think that he is in their party and if you have felt like that then you are wrong for that you are absolutely wrong for that there are plenty of opportunities that I could show you in scripture that, that, that God is not a member of any political party. Okay. He's not a member of yours. He's not a member of mine. In fact, Jesus said just the opposite. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. And if my kingdom were part of this world, then my servants would fight for it. But he said, my kingdom is not a part of this world. And Christ 
Christians, our, 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 our members, uh, 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 we got to understand we are members of a much broader uh, party. We are members of a much more important party than Democrats or independents or Republicans. We are a part of the kingdom of God and we should never confuse our politics with God's purpose in this world. I said we should never confuse our, I'm teaching good today and I hope you're writing because I'm giving you some good stuff. We should never confuse our politics with the purpose of God in this world. It's arrogant to confuse what we value most as, as if God values the same thing the same way that we value it. Isaiah 55 and 8 uh, tells us the Lord's the Lord says, my thoughts, they are not your thoughts. My thoughts are different than your thoughts. Now, now you, you might not believe that and you might want to argue that with me, but don't argue that with me because I didn't say that. The Bible said that. So if you want to argue with anybody, you have to argue with God about that. I don't care who you are. Your thoughts are not his thoughts. I said your thoughts are not his thoughts. And when we mistreat other people simply that are even a part of the body of Christ uh, because their thoughts are not our thoughts, uh, then we are in big trouble because God doesn't discount you because your thoughts thoughts are not his thoughts. So who are we to do that to other people? Isaiah 55 says to us, uh, the Lord says, the Lord, hello, my thoughts are completely different than yours and my ways are far beyond anything that you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher. So it's not just your thoughts, it's, it's our ways. He's saying my your ways are, are not as high as my ways are. He's saying your views are not from the level that my views are from. And with that being said, I want to ask somebody today, how long has it been since you decided I'm going to change my mind on something? It's quiet in this church. Listen, how long has it been? Since you opened up and said, you know what? Maybe I need to think about that different. Maybe I need to see that in a different light. If his ways are not my ways, his thoughts are higher than my thoughts, then I probably need to be open to hearing something on a different level. It's sad, but sometimes Christians are the most closed-minded people that I have ever met in my life. We cannot be like that. We have to open up our heart and say, God, if I need to look at this from another angle, I'm open to hearing you. Now, I ain't listening to everything that everybody is saying, but I am open to hearing you. How long has it been since you changed your mind on, on, on anything simply because of truth? Not because you heard it on the news, not because you read it on the internet, not because, I'm not talking about fake news. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about news, period. I'm talking about I changed my mind because truth came into me. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Listen, if you haven't changed your mind over anything major in a long time, I feel like I'm probably safe to say you are not spiritually growing. Because in order to grow, there has to be change. Even somebody as brilliant as the Apostle Paul had to change his mind. He said in Acts 26 and 9, I used to think that I should do all that was in my power to oppose the name of Jesus. Obviously, Paul changed. See, God wants us to care about people, no matter what their views represent. Do you hear me? Let me say that again. God wants us to care about people, even when their views are conflicting to ours. That has nothing to do with the way that we should treat people. My mama, oh, if she ever taught me anything, she said, all I've known to do is love people. I've just loved people all my life. 
If you love people, people that don't look like you, people that don't act like you, people that don't think like you, if you'll love them, there is a chance that you might win them or there is a chance that you might learn something from them. Jeremiah 14 and 14 says, here it says, the Lord said, so people claim to speak for me, but they are deceived and they are lying. I didn't even speak to them, much less choose them to be my prophet. Their, their messages come from worthless dreams and useless predictions and their own imaginations. Therefore, I will punish these people for claiming to speak my will even though I never sent them. Remember this, your views are not his views. Your thoughts are not his thoughts. And we deceive ourselves when we start thinking that they are. Here's number five, I deceive myself when I confuse being current with being wise. You can be current and be unwise. And you can be wise and still not be what the world would call current. I'll say it again. I deceive myself when I confuse being current with being wise or being up to date or, or being up on the news or being up on the latest gossip while being ignorant of God's truth and the truth of his word. And I think I'm somebody because I'm current. I know what's trending. I know where we're headed. All of those things. I, I, I know where we're at. But that doesn't mean you're wise. And if you think it does, you're self-deceived. Because wisdom, it don't come from trending. It don't come from hashtags. It don't come from social media. Wisdom, the Bible tells us, wisdom comes from God. It comes from his word. And he said in 1 Corinthians 3 and 18, don't fool yourself. Don't think you can be wise merely by being into, uh, uh, don't think you can be wise by, by merely being up to date with the times. Don't fool yourself thinking that because you dress like, like everybody dresses or you, you can use the verbiage everybody, you, oh yeah, I'm wise. No, that don't mean you're wise. If you think that's where wisdom comes from, you have been deceived. Number six, I deceive myself when I think I have the right to judge others. I deceive myself when I think that I have the right to judge others. James 4 and 12 says, God is the only lawgiver and judge. He alone can save and destroy. So who do you think that you are to judge someone else? Every time I am judging someone else, it is a self-deception because I am not the lawgiver. I may see what they did, but I don't know the intent of their heart. I don't know why they did what they did. I don't know why, I don't know what is happening inside of them. So I am an inaccurate judge when it comes to that. God is the ultimate judge. Number seven, I deceive myself when I think that wrong friends won't influence me. I deceive myself when I think that wrong friends won't influence me. Do you remember when you were a kid and you, know, you brought some people home and your mom or your dad was like, mm-mm, I don't want you hanging with them because I know that ain't good. I don't know them, but I don't have to know them. I'm just telling you. You don't need to be around them. And you know, you and your smart know-it-all self at the age of 13 says back to them, that's not gonna change me. I know me, I know who I am. Let me tell you what that is. That's self-deception. 
Because number one, remember this, it's always easier to bring people down than it is to pull people up. Because what you have, you have gravity that is on your side when you're trying to pull somebody down. So they've got gravity. They're trying to pull you down and you're trying to pull them up. Most of the time, they are going to win. First Corinthians 15 and 33 says, don't fool yourselves. Bad company will ruin good character. Now, for all of you think that, that are thinking, oh, that scripture's for my teenagers. Let me tell you something. The wrong friends can bring you down at any stage in your life. It doesn't matter what level you're, what level you're on. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter. It, it, none of that really matters. Bad people corrupt you. You watch them. It gets in your spirit. And the next thing you know, you find yourself acting like they are acting. And if you don't believe that, you are deceiving yourself. And some of us need to be very careful as our life begins to open up again. And as the doors begin to open up and we start going out more again, we need to realize this pandemic has changed me. Because, just because you were my friend when I went into this pandemic does not mean that I can be your friend now. I'll love you and I'll pray for you. But I got some things from God during this year. And I got to be careful because I don't want to lose what I got from him. Here's the last one. I am deceiving myself when I think I can sin without consequences. I am deceiving myself when I think that I can sin without consequences. Often we think if nobody sees our sin, then we're going to be fine. But can I tell you, that's the ultimate self-deception. Make no mistake about it. We always, 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 always will reap what we sow. It's a universal law. Galatians 6 and 7 says, do not be deceived. Or no, it says, do not deceive yourselves. No one. Absolutely no one makes a fool out of God. No one will make a fool out of God. You will reap exactly what you have sown. If I sow unfaithfulness, I reap unfaithfulness. If I sow discord, I reap discord. If I sow gossip, Next thing I know, there'll be a group over here talking about me. If I sow stinginess, I will reap stinginess. If I sow bitterness, that's exactly what I'm going to reap. If I sow unforgiveness, if I continue to harbor things and not forgive people for what they put me through, guess what I will reap? I will reap unforgiveness. If I sow disregard, if I sow disrespect, if I betray somebody, guess what I reap? I reap betrayal. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. It is the law of the harvest. Whatsoever we sow is what we reap. So if what we sow is what we reap, why not sow peace? And why not sow kindness? And why not sow joy? And why not sow all of these wonderful things? Why not take care of our brother? Because at some point, that's going to come back to bless us. Don't be shocked either way. Because God will not be mocked. Whatever we sow, we are going to reap. Whatever we sow, we're going to reap. If you sow your life into Jesus Christ, and you don't just become a hearer of the word, or even a reader of the word, or a knower of the word, I am telling you, you become a doer of that word. If you sow yourself, 
into doing the will of God and not just thinking about the will of God. If you sow yourself, your time, your attention, your efforts, your focus, if you find yourself doing the work of ministry, and, and, and let me tell you, it's not always convenient, and it is not always easy, and most of the time, opportunities will knock when you least expect them to knock, but that's what God will do. He'll find you at your lowest moment, and he'll say to you, will you go over and visit your neighbor? neighbor over on the other side and just smile and just tell them that you appreciate them and just tell them that you're praying for it. and you're like God I don't even feel like getting out of the bed myself but God calls us in those moments because he wants us to understand even out of what we feel like is a deficit if we will share in that deficit God said I will sit down on your obedience and I will multiply it back to you pressed down shaken together and running over many Many, many, many blessings I got in my life. I got because I was obedient, not because I felt like it, but I got them because I heard God and I'm grateful that I heard him and I stepped out on what I heard and I started giving away things that I couldn't afford to give away. I started being faithful. I started being kind. And I'm telling you, you sow that kind of stuff and eventually all that negative seed that you have sown it gets overtaken by the harvest of all the positive seeds that you are sowing some of y'all are sitting there worried about what you're getting ready to harvest start sowing seeds of good start sowing seeds of peace start sowing seeds kingdom seeds start sowing your life giving it away and ask God every day of your life Lord there's things I know that you have for me and I refuse to allow self-deception to cause me to miss what you have for me. There are many, many, I just gave you seven, but there are many, many, many ways that we can be self-deceived. But I just came today to give you these, I'll give you eight, to give you these potentially eight blind spots of self-deception because I'm your pastor and I love you God I, I love you beyond just like hey I'm your sister in Christ and I love you because I have to love you I do that but I have a love for you beyond that because I'm a shepherd and I want to see you grow I want to see your life change I want to see the blessing of the Lord overtaking you. I want to see you seeing things come to pass in your life that you have been waiting for all of your life. I want to see you so get it in order that God has no other choice but to open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing, the blessing that belonged to your mama, to your grandmother, to your grandfather. All of those blessings can come on your life. God said, do not be self-deceived. Don't let the little foxes spoil the vine. Why are you talking to us like this, Pastor? Because there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And when we come out of this, and it's not just so much of, oh, yay, the doors are, of the church are open, we're out of it. No, it's, it, I think it's different for all of us. It's just the season that we've been in. I may come out later than you. You may come out later than me. But when we come out of this, whatever this is to you, we got to come out of here determined to be different than we were when we went in. I encourage you today to apply yourself, apply God's word, work on your blind spots. How do I do that? Ask him to help you. Just start asking God, give me clarity. Lord, give me clarity on these blind spots. 
That's what Job did, Job 34 and 32. He said, teach me what I cannot see. Teach me what I cannot see. Teach me what I cannot see. And if I've done wrong, I will not do so again. That's what he cried out to God. Teach me the things that I can't, they're blind. I've got a blind spot in that area. Teach me, oh God. And if I'm wrong, I will not do that again. Why? Because you have taught me. And I don't want to risk my life. Cry out to him and ask him. Ask not only God, but ask help from other people that you see and deem as leaders in your life. Proverbs 12 and 15 says, Fools think they need no advice, but the wise, they listen to others. So ask God. Ask people that you view as leaders in your life. Number three, ask Jesus to change you. He said in John 9, 39, Jesus said, I have come to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are really blind. Today, my prayer for you as your pastor is that you will Ask God to open your eyes so that blind spots don't have to sideswipe you. They don't have to affect you. They don't have to affect the passengers in your car, in your house, in your family, in your circle. If you'll ask God, he'll help you. He has every desire to do that. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you join us online every Sunday morning at 9 and 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Streaming live at www.tphnd.org slash watch now or through our Potter's House North app.